Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is taken from this gospel lesson. I'll just read these words from the last verse. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. Grace and peace and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, especially today for the Browns upon this great and wonderful day of the baptism of their little baby girl. This period of time between the time of Jesus' resurrection to the time of Jesus' ascension into heaven was 40 days. And during those 40 days, there were a lot of conversations with Jesus and a lot of reflecting upon the things that Jesus had taught these people, these disciples of his, while he was with them on earth. One of the things that was a particular, well, I guess a troubling thing for them was when exactly are you going to come in judgment? When is the end of the world going to come? That was a twofold question because on the one hand, there was going to be a complete destruction of the city of Jerusalem. There would be, in a sense, a judgment that would fall upon Jerusalem. And then there would also be, at the end of time, an end to this creation. And Jesus, kind of looking down through that telescope, seems to be able to kind of put them together because there's maybe one is a reflection of the other. Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD a million one hundred thousand people perished in Jerusalem. And not only that, but every stone, with the exception of just a few of the base stones that are now today called the Wailing Wall, every stone was torn down from that magnificent temple that was probably one of the seven wonders of the world. It was in that context that the disciples were saying to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, look at those magnificent stones over there. And Jesus reveals something quite interesting to them and to us, which it takes some wisdom for us to understand. For you see, there are things that are changing, things that are changeable, things that will not be the same. And then there are things that are unchanging. And there are things that are good and bad that are changeable and things that are good and bad that are unchangeable and it requires wisdom for us to understand the difference if we are in the words of this text to stand firm all the way to the end what are these things that are changeable that we should be aware of to begin with the things that remain changeable are the things oftentimes that we think are unchangeable. Those disciples had pointed to that temple. They thought that that temple was going to be a monument to their glory, maybe to the eternality of the Jewish faith and religion and Jewish people. And yet that monument came tumbling down. We think of things that we think are going to last forever. Perhaps we might go back in time. The pyramids, they'll last forever, and yet they crumble. 
We think maybe like the Prussians did when they went into these other areas that they annexed in Germany, and they would build great big monuments. World War II and World War I came and destroyed most of them. We here in the United States think we're immune from that by George Washington, D.C., those monuments that we see there, testaments to the greatness of the American people. Yet we are told that one Russian submarine off the coast of the United States could launch a thermonuclear weapon that would have six minutes, they would have six minutes in Washington, D.C. to respond to it before it would all be gone. We're all pretty familiar with what happened to the World Trade Center, that great monument of commercial capitalism in this world and the greatness of our great country. And it didn't take much, and that too was gone. Really, when you get down to it, even though we have all our monuments, things that we think are going to last forever, and that's what we live in. We live in as though we are going to last forever when we have them. Yet everything in this earth is going to fade and pass away. Nothing is ever going to be unchanged. We do too, though, and this is the good side of change. When the day comes and a conception takes place inside of a mother's womb, there is a change unlike any change in all of creation. Chemicals come together in suddenly a life comes into being. And that is a wonderful and beautiful and magnificent thing. There's, of course, the change that took place today in this baptism. As little Isabel was brought up to the waters of baptism, she suddenly became a child of God. Under that and before that, she had been a person who could die, a person who was under the condemnation and the curse of sin. That came all the way from Adam down to her. And when she went to those waters, God tells us that there he washed away her sins and gave her the whole gift of the Holy Spirit. And now she is everlasting, for she died with Christ and rose with him, that as certainly as he rose from the dead, that so also she is going to rise from the dead as well. What a beautiful and magnificent change. And of course, we're all growing older, aren't we? And we're all going to someday, we're going to die. And we think that that's a terrible change. Many of us have suffered from this last week, just the loss of people that we have loved. And yet, what does the Apostle Paul say? He said, this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us a far greater weight of glory for we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, in a twinkling of an eye, in a slight moment, suddenly we will all be changed, he said, for this mortal must put on immortality so that the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, will come to pass. For us, the things that we see as changing in God, they are the unchanging things. And the things that this world sees as unchanging, 
are always going to be changing. Now, the Apostle Paul also now takes us into the realm of those things which are unchanging, and there too, they are good and they are bad. The so-called unchanging things that are bad are what he would describe as the sinful nature of this world in which we live. Jesus warned his disciples that, yes, indeed, that false Christs were going to arise. They should expect them all the way from Christ until the very end of the world. There are going to be false teachers and false prophets and false everything that is false and against God is going to arise, and we should expect that. He tells us, too, that there are going to also be deceptions from people who are what we might describe as fearmongers. All the way from the time of Jesus, even, they would say, Get out of here. Herod is after you. Fearmongers, the world is going to come to an end unless we save it ecologically. Everything is going to go bad and everybody's going to get cancer. Don't you see and understand that there are wars and those Russians are militarizing and there's going to be famine and destitute things? Well, you know, all the things that can go wrong. Newspapers and TV couldn't sell a doggone thing unless they told you how bad everything was going to be and how afraid you must be. That's going to be unchanging. All the way from the beginning of time until the end of time, that's going to be there and it's going to happen. And Jesus tells us to not be afraid. What seems to be very discouraging, though, is that he tells us that there's also going to be a lot of hatred. That there's going to be hatred not just by those who are in the secular world. There's going to be hatred even from within the so-called institutionalized church. Jesus suffered at the hands of the high priests. And that in secular terms, there's also going to be contention and a need to confess before the kings of the earth, all temporal and secular authority as well. Most heartbreaking of all, Jesus said that this faith that we have, this faith in Christ, is also something that divides families and can divide families. Father, brother, sisters, whatever it might be, because we live in a sinful world, there is always going to be a breakdown, even in the very institution that we consider to be the most loving institution of all. But he tells us that, no, we should give thanks to God because we must remember that there are some things that are good that never change. And what do you suppose they are? Number one, above all things, is God himself. God says it. I do not change. It's hard for us to stuff this into our brains as we sit here and live inside of time, but there never was a time in which God was not. And there will never be a time in which God will not be. And what's so incredible about that is that God's eternity is something that he has promised we will come to share in. Peter says that we have literally been made partakers of the divine nature. That's what happened to Isabel today. She became united to Christ. She became a partaker of the divine nature. And that this God above all 
this God is not just an arbitrary God. When God makes a promise, when God forgives sins, when God gives us his protection, he doesn't take it away. He makes a promise because he is the eternal God. And what is this gospel that we talk about that is eternal as well? The gospel of Jesus Christ is that God has in Christ put away our sins, that he no longer holds our trespasses against us, that if any man be in Christ, Paul says he is a new creation, that now through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord, we have a God who has forgiven the sins of the whole world. And he doesn't take it back because God doesn't change. We have to bear in mind that this unchanging God who has an unchanging gospel, the gospel says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And now that puts us in a particular dilemma, puts Isabel in a particular dilemma too. What is that? It means that there are people yet to be born. Someday she's going to probably have a little girl of her own. And then her girl's going to have a little girl. And then her girl's going to have a little girl. And it's going to mean that we're going to have to wait until the gospel goes to the very ends of the earth and every possible soul that can be brought into heaven is going to be brought into heaven and we're going to have to wait. So we must not despair over the fact that we are living in this world that's unchangeably corrupt, unchangeably at war, unchangeably in contention, unchangeably even dying, and yet our God, who is unchangeable with an unchangeable gospel, also has an unchangeable promise for us. And that unchangeable promise says this. He says, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say. Just say what is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. This God of ours tells us that we can open up our mouths and we can speak about this unchangeable and magnificent gospel of ours, and we don't have to be afraid. Because oftentimes we're afraid because we don't think we're going to know what to say. There are big moments of confession and then there are little moments of confession. The big moments of confession are things like when Martin Luther had to stand there before the emperor. Charles V there in 1521 called him before himself and never in all of human history had a little tiny insignificant monk ever been forced to stand and to defend himself before the greatest empire in civilization on earth. At that time, Charles V ruled over more property than any other ruler in all of human history. And as Luther stood before him, the words of the Holy Spirit came forth. Here I stand, I cannot do otherwise. God help me, amen. But that was Luther, and there's also you, and there's me. 
And there's a time when you and I must open up our mouths and we must tell the person who is there at the office or that person who is our neighbor or that person that we just meet someplace who are in their grief wondering about what is happening in this world. And we say to ourselves, what should I say? Can I even say? And the answer to that is yes, because the Holy Spirit is going to be there and give you the words that you need to say. We have these promises from Christ. He says, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Stands firm. Even though there are false prophets galore, stand firm. Even though there are fear mongers that are out there, stand firm. Even if you are hated for the sake of this truth of God's word and the gospel, stand firm. Even when you feel as though your family is being divided over this gospel and you are finding that the enemies are in your own household, stand firm. Even if there are earthquakes or famine or disease or wars or even death, stand firm to the end. Don't let go of that gospel. Don't let go of that God. Don't let go of that forgiveness. Don't let go of that mercy. Don't let go of those sacraments. Don't let go of that baptism and don't let go of God's promises. Stand firm unto the end and you will be saved. Amen. May this peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith into Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.